Good morning. Good to see you. We are at week two in a message series we've called What's Best Today. How would it feel if you could hit the pillow every night knowing that today was a good day? Now, we're not going to bat a thousand, but <clears throat> three out of four, that'd be, that'd be awesome. You, what if you could say, I made the most of the opportunities to bless my family and friends as life flowed by, as I began to relate to people, as I continued to relate to them? I, I made the most of the opportunities to, to bless, to serve, to connect. I gave my energy to making progress at work. I enjoyed it. And I've been faithful just to handle all the other things that God trusted me with today. What, what if you could say that? That'd be awesome. That's what we're looking at this, this, in this series. We're digging in to find out what Scripture says about that. There's a recent movie that Disney did. It's called Inside Out. It gives a look into the mind of an 11-year-old girl named Riley. And inside Riley's mind, known as Headquarters... There are five emotions that are hard at work, influencing her attitudes, her words, and her actions. So you get a glimpse into that. And we're going to look at a clip right now uh, of what was going on in her mind on her first day of school in a new town. The emotion, joy, takes over, and she comes up with a plan for life. And actually, it's a solid plan. Let's listen to this plan that she comes up with about having a good life. All right, everyone, fresh start. We are going to have a good day, which will turn into a good week, which will turn into a good year, which turns into a good life. So, big day, new school, new friends, huh? I know. I'm kind of nervous, but I'm mostly excited. How do I look? You're going to be okay? You want us to walk with you? Mom and Dad, with us in public? No, thank you. Yeah, I'm on it. Nope, I'm fine. Bye, Mom. Bye, Dad. Have a good day at school, monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day, sweetheart. Are you sure we want to do this? In we go! Okay, going in! Yes! Alright, I don't know if you caught it, but the plan was solid. Just one good day after the next, stacking up to make a good life. Last week, we looked at God's guidance for life. And he told us in... Psalm 34, that to have a good life, to really enjoy life, to love life, you stack up one good day after the next. That's, that's how you do it. We looked at a passage, Psalm 34, that showed us the key to loving life and stacking up many good days, turning away from evil and doing good. We talked about four villains that keep us from really focusing on the good right now and confusing us and taking us off track. And today what we're going to do is we're going to look at some major direction God gives to guide our choices each day to do what's best. He's given some momentous directions and some key statements that we find in Scripture, and we're going to dig into one of those that helps us with our everyday efforts and choices as what's best today. So we're looking at this question from many different perspectives 
that you find in Scripture to help us learn how to keep stacking up the good days. It seems like there's an endless number of thoughts and emotions that swirl around in our heads as we start each day. They tug and pull at us to influence us, to choose uh, what we're going to say, what we're going to do with our day, first of all, what we're going to say and do. Uh, the movie Inside Out was a creative look at, at what might be going on. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's not actually a train of thought, a cartoon train of thought going through our minds, but there are trains of thought, so it's pretty creative. The question for all of us, though, that we're trying to answer in this series is, out of all the options, what is the most important right now? Right here and now, as I'm about to do something, as I'm about to say something, as I'm choosing an attitude toward whatever it is that's going on, what's the most important thing to do? Christ followers, the number one question is, what does God want done today? That's what we're looking at. Life flows by knowing and, and doing what God wants brings meaning and fulfillment and purpose. So we're digging into that. We all fall along a spectrum when it comes to managing our time or approaching managing our time and using our time, uh, which is what our life's made up of, time. It's the stuff life's made up of. Natively, we tend to lean toward one of two extremes, and we fall somewhere along the line in this spectrum. On the one end is a focus on efficiency. On the other end, a go-with-the-flow kind of attitude. Some of us are more task-wired, and we feel like we've really accomplished something with the day when we can check off at least ten things on our list. And efficiency tends to be the goal. That's at the extreme. On the other end, some people are more people-wired, and we feel accomplished after a day of great conversations, and the, the to-do list, the tasks are getting in the way of that. You know, we really just want to sit down and have coffee and have a chat, and, and the stuff we've got to do gets in the way of that. Now, neither wiring is wrong. We, we, need, we need everybody and all the wiring. But all of us have to learn to get past our native tendencies and choose what's most important. A meaningful life flows from choosing what's most important right now. This means we have to shift our focus from our native tendencies sometimes, maybe often, Depending on where we fall along the spectrum, we might need to shift. Task-wired task folks must keep shifting the focus from efficiency, doing more things, to doing the right things. And maybe even saying no to some of the things. We have to, we have to shift our focus. Because if your focus is just efficiency, you might be getting more done. But what if it's the wrong thing or a lesser important thing? then you're just getting more efficient at, at doing more of the stuff that's not all that helpful. People-wired folks, the Go With The Flow gang, has to guard against doing just enough to skate by on the task list so that I can enjoy the conversations and the relationships 
or whatever fun is showing up at the time. Because relationships are really damaged when we keep dropping the ball. People get frustrated and they're counting on us and we drop the ball because we aren't paying much attention to the task. So however you're wired, we need to learn how to navigate and choose what the best thing right now is. The choices we make moment by moment are the ingredients that get mixed into our days and they turn into a lifetime. This brings us to the key question. How do I know what's best right now? How do I know that? Thankfully, God has been very clear on what he wants done. And, and here in a nutshell is what he wants done. We were made to do good works to the glory of God. This is what he wants. God wants everyone he's made to do good for others as the day flows by. So you want to know what's, what's best right now? What, what is the good that you can do for the person right in front of you in the project you're working on? in handling the, the responsibility that you're trying to handle right now. What, what's the good that you can do in that? This, this is what's best. Check this out. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, speaking of those who've decided to follow Christ, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared for, beforehand, that we should walk in them. This is, this is God's goal right here. He made us for this. Here's the point. We've been made by God for good works. And we've been remade in Christ Jesus for the same purpose. To do good to the glory of God. And when we do what God wants, life becomes meaningful. And purposeful. We needed to be remade because we've all sinned. Scripture tells us that every person, every man, woman, walked away from God. We decided to live independent of God. This cut us off from knowing God personally. And He made us to do good to those around us, but since we chose to go our own way and live life independent of God, we're cut off from him, our sin. Uh, if, if we don't ever turn to Christ and turn around to Christ, we just go on through eternity separated from God. And there's no hope in that. We experience death throughout eternity. But we are remade in Christ. And Jesus paid for our sin on the cross so that we could know God. So that we could come to God and be remade in Him. So in our native state, in the native when we're when we're born and begin to live, we, we live for ourselves. We don't live for the good of others. God made the first man and woman to live for the good of one another, and then those that they would multiply out, and the children they would have, and others that, that grew up around. Well, I guess well, I guess their children they could be grandparents at some point. Sorry, I'm thinking this through as I talk. It's not a good thing, but 
Um, anyway, they they were made to do good, but they rebelled. So evil was entered into the world, harm, damage. So now there's this fight. You have to turn away from evil to do the good that God intends us to do. So this is where we all start out. But Jesus paid so that we could be remade. All those who accept his payment for our sin, we accept what he's done on the cross. God begins to work in us. We don't instantly become perfect. I'm proof of that. But he begins to work in us to create good works. We aren't made right with God by good works. We are made right by Jesus' work on the cross. But when we accept him and make him Lord of our life, when we give him control of our life, he lives and works inside to help us do good works. That's what you see in verse 10 there of Ephesians 2. We are his workmanship. Good, work, good works can seem so removed from everyday life. It's tempting to put them in a box and sort of separate them out in this box or compartment that doesn't really factor into my normal routine. So sometimes we can think, you know, I need to do some good works so I can get back to my everyday life. I just need to pull this project together uh, so I feel good about what I've done and what I'm doing. And I just need to do this good works project so I can get back to my normal life and so I can feel good as I do that. We, we think of good works as things like taking a meal to someone, serving on setup at church, helping a friend work on their car, serving in a soup kitchen, going on a mission trip and serving orphans or people in another country. And, and certainly, these are good works. This is good stuff. But God doesn't put... Good works in a separate box. He has wired them into everyday life. This is an important thing to understand. He's he's made them a part of what we do every day. Now, there are three major statements in the Bible, and we're going to really focus on one of them today. These three statements explain what God once done. The great commandment, we're going to look at it next week, but... Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was. He said, love God and love people. That's, that's the greatest right there. And we're going to look more at that. The great commandment is the first major statement. The second one is the great commission. It's given to all Christians. And it says that we're to make disciples, te- uh, teaching others to obey and learn to obey ourselves. This, this is the framework for our lives. So the great commandment gives a great deal of direction to our relationships and to God and to others. The great commission is the framework. It frames the way we go about doing the other stuff. We want to raise our kids in a way that helps them learn to be disciples. We, we ourselves want to learn. We want to teach how to grow in him. We want to keep making more disciples. It affects family life, work life, the way we approach it. It's the frame in which we live life. And then 
the, the big statement that we're going to look at today is the great mandate. It goes back to the beginning of time, and it shows us how good is wired into our everyday routines and life. We're going to focus here because it shows God's purpose in the mundane. So here, here it is. Here's the, the great mandate, the big statement. After God created the first man and woman, he blessed them, it says. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. What you see in this command, this mandate, is that God wants us to be productive to be in families, to have families, to be in families, to contribute to them, to take responsibility for a piece of the world and subdue it so that it produces what God wants, something good. This is at the core of what God wants to be going on in our everyday lives. God's will encompasses every part of life. This means that everything, everyday things I do in family life, at work, handling all my stewardships like a house, the things we do to maintain the house, repair the house, all that stuff. It, it comes under the category of this is what God wants us doing and it's good. Answering emails. I don't know about you, sometimes I go to my inbox and I think, uh-uh, uh-uh. Hey, I can, I can answer emails, and that's a good thing. Ho- hopefully it's a good thing. If I choose to do, if I turn away from evil in the answer, okay? Answering emails, going to meetings. Don't know how you feel about meetings. Making dinner for the family, changing diapers, mowing the lawn. This is all good. God intentionally wired it into life because what he says is he he wants us to be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth so that it produces what he wants, something good. This, This is a part of life. God is pleased when we do these things to his glory. This is how he's wired in the good works to our everyday lives. Our everyday activities aren't separated out from the good works that God wants done. All of these things are the good works that God wants done. I can bog and I can wrestle to stay engaged and motivated to do the mundane things that I have to do every day. How how about you? You ever bog? (laughs) And you're, oh, you know, here we go again, got to do this thing. It motivates me a great deal to know that I can pay bills to the glory of God. (laughs) I hate paying bills. Sometimes you sit down and you're like trying to wrestle your finances and you know it's going to take about three or four hours to wrangle those finances. I can do that to the glory of God. I can pay bills to his glory. This, this is how I take care of my family by paying these bills. I have a family. I take care of my bills. I take the money that God has given me. I try to subdue it <laughs> and tell it what to do and where to go. 
And that I can do to the glory of God. This, this is how life is. He has wired all this in to everyday life. I'm sure you have things on your daily list that feel stale and ho-hum. It, it's a fight to stay engaged and motivated with some of these things. Here's what we learn from Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. We are his workmanship. And God is taking the pressure of everyday life, the pressures of school, the pressures of work, the pressures of family, finances. He's taking all of that and he's working it together in us to change us and make us something that really pleases him and honors him. And when I handle the things on my plate in a way that honors him with excellence. I glorify God. I please him. He is pleased. I honor the one who made me because that's what he made me to do. Is to glorify him in the way I handle life. Now let's back up a few verses from verse 10. Uh, in Ephesians 2. We read that earlier. In Beginning in verse 4 through 7, you find that the great objective of my life is to glorify God. This is the great objective. This is another major. This is actually kind of like a thread. They say it's the golden thread of the glory of God that you see from the beginning of Genesis 1 through Revelation 22. All through the scriptures, you see that God ought to be glorified. And he made us to bring glory to him. So this is the great objective of our lives. Ephesians 2.4 says, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love in which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. It's not our own works. And raised us up with him. And seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Here it is. So that. This is why he did it. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. He, 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 he saved us from our independent streak, our, our just our rebellion against him. And all that meant for eternity. He saved us. So that he could show the incomparable, immeasurable riches of his grace in Christ Jesus. This brings him glory. He saved us, not to make us look good, but to, to glorify him. This, this is why we're saved. To bring glory to God. We find that God made us alive in Christ to show the riches of his grace. He is glorified. When people see us doing good and they see the riches of his grace. Jesus said the same thing about his followers. He said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and bring glory to your father in heaven. This this is the great objective of our life is to bring glory to God. To the extent that we don't do that, life shrivels up. It's not what's best. When we approach our day in a way that 
that sort of is, that is focused on I got to get everything I can out of this. I got to reach my goals. I got to accomplish my. I got to do. I check. When we approach life that way, it shrivels up. But when we begin to ask the question, God, what's best for me to do right now? And we're asking Him for help to do it. And we're living for the glory of God, not for ourselves. Life begins to flourish in us. And it tastes really good when you do what you were made to do. We need to keep stepping back. It's, it's important to keep thinking, what is life about and what do I need to do right now? So the great objective of my life is to glorify God. A second thing to remember is God made me to do good works. Ephesians 2, 8, 8 through 10, read 10 earlier. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. We don't have anything to brag about. For we are his workmanship. God's done everything. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The good works God made me to do aren't separated from daily routines. They're wired into them. We choose. Am I going to do these things to the glory of God or am I going to do them to the glory of me? (laughs) We keep making that choice every day. I'd like to stop right now and take an inventory of life, of your life. You, you take an inventory. I can't. I don't have the ability to do that. But I'd like to invite you to take an inventory of your own life. It's important to pray over and think over life and to have regular intervals when we're trying to decide how we're doing as we mix in the ingredients as life flows by. Because we, we approach our day with chosen attitudes. We choose the attitudes. We choose the words we use. We choose the actions we take. And these things are ingredients that we blend together and they turn into a life. Sort of like baking a cake. And we need to step back and ask, how, how, is that, how were those ingredients today? <laughs> how did they taste? Were they a little sour or were they sweet? Was it the right mix of things? Did I choose the, the right investment of my time? Did I say the right words? Did I do the right things with my time? We need to keep asking, how, how did that taste? Too much of one thing or not enough of another dramatically affects the taste that we come up with. So we need to keep asking that. Here's some questions you can ask this next week or two, to get a gauge on where you're at. Uh, These questions speak to motivation, some, but also just to help us step back. Hey, how did that taste? Maybe I shouldn't have done that or said that. I need to take responsibility and make it right, or whatever it is. How, How am I mixing together the ingredients of my day? The first question to ask is, when I wake up, what do I look forward to in my day? What do I dread facing? What is getting old? Why, why are, you might want to ask, why am I motivated to do some things and not others? For, for many of us, 
we dread the things we don't like or we're not quite sure we can handle. We dread those things. For the things we are motivated to do, we enjoy them. Those are things we do. Maybe they come naturally to us. We can begin to glorify God, even with the things we dread, even, even with the things that we really don't want to do if we're asking for his help in the moment. I, I try it. When I'm dragging, when I'm dreading something, I've learned that dread is a signal that I need to turn to God and ask for help to overcome the fear, because really it's fear that's driving the dread. I, I need to ask God to give me the help I need right now to overcome that and to do whatever it is I dread. And he brings the help. This is the great thing about God. He'll walk through the day with you to help you figure out what's best if you'll just turn to him and rely on him and trust him. Second question, in what ways can I glorify God as I do these things? This, this picks up the motivation right here. Scriptures say we are his masterpiece. When it says workmanship, it's saying we are his handiwork. We're a masterpiece. So how can I do these things, whether I'm motivated or dreading them, how can I do them in a way that glorifies God? God put us on display. That's the picture you see in Ephesians. He put us on display to show the incomparable riches of his grace. That generates the good works. Three, third, third question. Are there any areas of my life where I'm disengaged and checked out? Why is that? These are things you just want to step back and ask yourself. Checking out is a, is a major danger sign to making progress, the right kind of progress in life. Staying engaged is, is key. Great mandate that we looked at earlier. It was to bring order, to build things, to get dominion, to subdue our part of the world, all areas of life, and checking out, slacking, letting go of things, having a slack hand toward them, damages our stewardships, the things God's trusted to us. It, it causes real trouble in the things God's trusted to us. God has put you in your family, in your workplace, to play a specific role. He's made you a mother, a sister, a dad, a son. No one can play your role. He's put, put you right where you are to do what he wants done. And what he wants you to do is good works to his glory. God is glorified when we give it our all. This, this is our great objective. And number four, am I making the best use of, of my time? Am I wasting time? Uh, are, are the most important people and efforts in my life being neglected by my choices? The goal of this series is, is to make sure and to try to look at what God thinks is important and match that up with what we think is important. The goal of reading scriptures and digging into the Bible is to discover what God thinks is important, how he's made life to work, and choose to do and say what's important to him so that he's glorified and honored. 
When we do that, we're doing what God made us to do. It's a battle. It's a battle, but over time, as we begin to do the things that are important to God, our motivation grows to do those things. In fact, when I, when I, since I've decided to follow Christ, there are some times I wake up in the morning and I just don't want to do what I got to do that day. But I lean on God, I ask for his help, and some way he motivates. Sometimes it's a strengthening right then. Sometimes it's later on in the day or maybe the next day. I just try, we just try to stay focused on what we need to do. And since I have decided to follow Christ, there's this unexplainable desire, eagerness to do what pleases God. That was, I wasn't like that before. <laughs> uh, ask my parents. Hey, unexplained, eager to do good. God made us to do these things, to bring honor to him. And so this is, this is what's best, to do good works to the glory of God. I'd like to ask you, if you would, to pull out your connection card. It's in your, it was in your program. You may have filled part of it out earlier. If there's more to fill out that you'd like to complete, then please do so. I'd like to ask the worship team uh, to come back on stage and the ushers to prepare to receive the offering this morning. And if you would uh, complete that connection card, there may be some next steps that you'd like to take. I have some suggestions, but maybe God has said something to you uh, that's not in this, these suggestions. Uh, but here, here are some next steps. My next step today is to take the personal inventory this week. Set some time aside, or every morning this week, ask one of the questions. Ask one of those questions that we looked at in the inventory. And then, might be talk over my inventory with a friend. Share it with a friend and discuss it at church. Um, And then, there may be just something God said to you. Ask God for help in. Maybe something you dread. A, a problem you're trying to solve, something you're trying to put together, a relationship where there's conflict. Ask God for help in that. And ask Him to help you to do the good that He wants you to do as you set out to accomplish that. Would you pray with me? Our Father, we thank You for the truth we see in Your Word that gives direction and help in our lives. May You... May you give us the power and the energy to do what you've laid on our heart to do this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.